0: So you uh, are doing some research here. Yeah. So uh, Cam, the intern. Got his own own podcast. Got his own
1: podcast. But it looks good. Looks good. Logos. Good graphics. Sounds good, too. Oh, Cam. Hardworking kid. Cam? Yeah. Every day that kid's stock goes up a little That's bit. a little bit.
0: Ryan, hurt three on the way. It's good off the backboard and in. I'm sorry, what a take by Tucker. Jones, another steal. Spin on Caldwell and the layup's good. I would like to see you hold a mirror up to yourself and interview yourself. As good as this was, it could only be better if it was all
1: you. Tuning in, I was a fan. I was like, man, let's do it. Cam, thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Join
0: today for the first time, Cam Isomone. Cam Gallagher's going to have to shoot it from beyond the arc. And it it's good. Jacobs for three. He got it my goodness what a shooting performance by nice. i think
1: cam's corner is great tune in to cam's corner this kid's gonna make it <laughs> he's gonna make it here
0: all right we are back guys welcome back to another episode of cam's corner today joining me the head coach of the university of Rhode Islands football team coach jim fleming coach thank you for taking the time to join me today man you're welcome i appreciate you having me yeah no problem and uh you know a question i always ask guests that come out for the first time is where they're originally from and where that passion uh, for the sport that they love or you know they play or coach uh, stems from so where does the love for the game uh, come from for you?
1: Well, I guess it's you know I was born in New York City and remember strapping on pads and you know going down an elevator and then walking over to Central Park, Park when I was probably about eight and then we moved out to Connecticut and got involved in you know the Pop Warner stuff and started playing but and I think when you start thinking about the game, I mean, it's just part of what I've been doing my whole life. And, you know, I love the the physical nature of it. I like the, the team chemistry, but it's always been, you know, team-oriented sports, you know, relationships with the players and, and teammates and that kind of thing that's always turned me on. But the game itself is uh, special in, in nature just because of the physical part of it. And, you know, it only attracts those that are really kind of Get that interest once they strap on pads and figure, hey, this is kind of fun to run around and and bang your head on people. You know, I grew up a giant fan. Remember having pictures of Dick Buckus on my on my uh, on my walls, and you know, not that he was a giant, but he was a linebacker that you know from the Chicago Bears, and uh, just actively involved as a sports fan, and, and always loved the game of football as a lot of us do. That's good to hear. I'm a Giants fan as well, born and raised. Um, I'm not from New
0: York, but uh my dad always grew up loving the Giants, huge Lawrence Taylor guy, loved oh, Bill yeah. Parcells. Yeah. So was born and raised into that culture, which is amazing. Um, but you know, talking about a little bit about your playing days, um, and when that transitional period of figuring out when you wanted to be a head coach, you know, when did that really start for you?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it it was, you know, my my playing career was was spotty early on, you know. I was, you know, a late Loomer coming out of high school. went to Greenwich High School. Didn't you know do a whole heck of a lot there, but did enough to, you know, get <clears throat> attracted to do a PG or at Cho where where I had an opportunity to really kind of blossom, gained about twenty pounds and uh was really a you know, recruited D three athlete, walk on down at Furman University, uh, which and I also had an opportunity to go to a place that I didn't know very well, the University of the South in Swanee, Tennessee. And you know, I was both a football and baseball player, so I wanted to uh, to do both in college and they gave me the opportunity to do that and it turned out to be really good. You know, I was, you know, I probably a big fish in a small pond. Uh, couldn't run well enough. You know, my NFL dreams, you know, I held on to through the senior year and you know, but once they put the, the clock on me with another five flat, and I think that about you know, shot it shot it dead. Uh, you know, I got out of school and I was, you know, was originally thinking about going Charlotte Latin High School uh, as a baseball coach assistant football coach and taking care of the grounds but I passed on that opportunity and, and bounced around a little while doing a couple of different things got into commercial real estate for a year but then had my big break where I met Ali Sherman who I don't know if you know was the old-time head coach of the New York Giants way back when you know we used to watch him coach when I go over to Yankee Stadium with my my father and my brothers and watch the Giants play, and he had a relationship with um, my uh, one of my all time favorite players, Joe Morrison. And Joe Morrison happened to be the head coach at University of South Carolina. So, through the connection of meeting Coach Sherman, and he got me in touch with Coach Morrison. You know, I I, I decided to get out of the professional world, put the tie and coat up, and go chase the chase coaching because that was what really you know, it was missing in my life, you know, the, the same thing I talked about playing, you know, the locker room, the process, the, you know, involvement with, you know, organization, you know, associated with team sports and all people pulling for one goal. But um, so I got hooked up as a GA and I remember got hired as GA in, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I went down for a coach's clinic and me and Charlie Weiss, you know, got hired on the spot. And the rest was history, you know, 1985, went down to USC, South Carolina, and got my real first dose of major college football, which was incredibly exciting. And and the whole process got, you know, got me involved in the coaching bug and just been chasing it for the last, you know, 37, 38 years.
0: Yeah, so, right. And like you said, after your first real, you know, sense of college football at South Carolina, after that, you spent about six years at Boise State you know we saw like the first real success in your coaching career um you know just reflect on that success and how your progress as a coach started to develop during that time period
1: yeah i, I think you know the two-year ga you know was was incredibly eye-opening in terms of being at that level of college football it was really cool but at the end of those those were two-year commitments and at the end of the two years you know you got to find a job which is very difficult to do in this profession but i got hired out of boise state and i you know attribute a lot of my formative, you know, coaching philosophies to that experience. I got hired by a guy named Skip Hall. Uh, Skip was a longtime assistant for Don James, who was the head coach of Washington and to Kent State, but University of Washington, where at that time, you know, he was considered one of the godfathers of college football. So Skip got the Boise State job, which was an FCS job just like this one is back then um, and he took the program from Don James the Washington way and basically installed that program and those program values in at Boise State and it was uh, incredibly rewarding and educational for me you know I started off as a tight ends coach the first spring in 1987 uh, I ended up getting, you know, told you know, went from the, at the end of that spring. He gave me not only the tight ends, but the wide receivers as well. And had some, you know, really good success in those first couple of years on the offensive side of the ball. And then, uh, you know, Chuck Pagano, who you might know, you know, went on to become the head coach of the, the Colts and coordinator in the NFL over the place was had left as our DB coach. And I went to to skip and said you know I'd, I'd love to make that transition over to defense you know so i could learn more about the game so i became a defensive back coach for the you know for the first year uh without any defensive experience which was a challenge but certainly something that was uh, incredibly rewarding you know didn't know a whole bunch but you know knew how to get guys motivated and knew how to get them lined up in basic structures and how to play a physical brand of football and and that was you know an incredible opportunity for a for a younger coach and, and we did quite well you know 1990 we went to the semifinals of the national playoffs we lost a triple overtime game to Torino, reno uh university of nevada now And, uh, but then like this, this business happens, you know, we, we went, uh, two years later, we went five and six and they clipped the whole staff. And so then, then started my, my journey all over the country, which, you know, led me from Boise over to Brown for one year, which was my first exposure to the state of Rhode Island and absolutely fell in love with the state and had some success at Brown. Uh, we finished that year four and six after they had been an O for team the year before, uh, interview for the head job because they fired the staff at the conclusion of the, the the season. I interviewed for the head job, did not get it. They gave it to Mark Whipple. And so that opened up uh, my next step, which was a four year stay down at uh, East Carolina, which was uh, been in there as an outside backers coach at first. And then once again, took over uh, the, the secondary for the remaining remaining years I had there. And, you know, if you want me to keep on going, I can take you through each one of those stops
0: Yeah, like you said, you know, after Boise State, like, you know, and again, multiple uh, opportunities with Brown and things like that, like those opportunities got cut, the coaching staff has changed, you know, from a coaching standpoint, from being with all these different schools, you know, the the game seemed different in your eyes from a coaching standpoint and like, you know, such as being bounced around, like you said, in the different coaching style, coaching positions, not just as a head coach, but you said like a defensive back coach and, and things of that nature.
1: Yeah, listen, I you know I, I think that what has been consistent throughout my entire career is the fact that there's, you know, football players and a field that all has the same dimensions wherever that may be. And whether it was at Brown or whether it was the Carolina or any other stops, you know, it, it it really is all about the the preparation, the process to to getting a team on the field, teaching them proper fundamentals and technique and of course the major component of coach of coaching is the motivational part of it to make sure that they're prepared each and every day to attack the day to get better. Um, but, you know, it was certainly each stop has been uh, rewarding in its own way. You know, you learn how to do things and you also learn how not to do things. So when you have a chance to become a head coach, you know, you're prepared to put your own philosophy in, in, into play. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more satisfied with each of my stops. You know, a lot of the times, you know, it's been really quite incredible is that, you know, I've probably, you know, been fired more than I've been able to hold on to jobs, you know, whether that was staff or as individual. I mean, there are many different things, but I've always been consistent in terms of what I do. So, you know, for what I've been fired for i've done the same jobs i've been you know honored for and and rewarded for so it's a really it's a a crazy world you just get up and you continue to find new places to coach and if they close the door on you hope you have another opportunity but uh you know after east carolina took a two-year stay at uh at villanova which was a great two-year stay i had had some good success there but that's when in 2000 that's when I got my first chance to be a head coach. And, and that was uh, certainly one of the most rewarding experiences in my life. You know, we went in and took a team that had been, you know, I think won 10 years in the previous 10, 10 games in the previous 10 years. Uh, some crazy stat. that it just had not been a winning program. And we were able to turn that very quickly, you know, me and the staff that was in place there and, and guys that I hired, uh, we went 21 and one over a two year stint and I figured, Hey, this head coaching stuff's pretty easy. You know, we went 10 to one the first year and 11 the second year. And, uh, you know, it was really validated a lot of my philosophies and my approach to things. Um, uh, but then, you know, got a little itchy, went over to North Carolina to coach the defensive backs and probably a bad move in retrospect, you know, a while to get back, to get the reins on, on a job. You know, I went, you know, I went from Sacred Heart to North Carolina, to Akron, to Kent, and then to UCF, and then finally had a chance to get another head coaching job Uh, interview for a handful of them. But, you know, this is the one that kind of picked me. And and, uh, there's a little bit of a a belief that I have that, you know, that any job is a, that you have an opportunity to be a head coaching job, you can't look underneath the hood and say this was a good one or this one's a bad one. You know, maybe if you're at the BCS highest level, but you take which ones you get and you do the best you can with it, and that's what brought me to really the the a very satisfying part of my career, which has been the nine years trying to get this thing right.
0: Right again, we talk back about uh, the 2000 2001 seasons you had with Sacred Heart. Um, and again, after that, bouncing around a little bit again, I do want to ask you, like you said, as a head coach. Um, from as many teams that you've been a part of you know was there ever any like doubt uh after the head coaching gig at Sacred Heart had ended and then you know you're trying to find your way back was there ever any doubt during that time period before landing the head coaching job uh with the University of Rhode Island?
1: Doubt that I would get another job like that?
0: Yeah doubt yeah right that you would find uh your home again as a head coach right?
1: Yeah I mean I I I don't I don't know if it was singular focus of mine you know it was not an end-all for me to have to be a head coach again it's something I wanted to do again but I was you know very rewarding experiences as defensive coordinator coordinator at the places I went to you know to be able to you know continue to coach and continue to you know have a control of a side of the ball was was rewarding I, I really dug the the coordinating part of it, the calling the plays, and those and managing the side of ball. Um, and so I don't, I can't say that, you know, there was ever any doubt that I would be a head coach again, but, you know, at the same time, it wasn't something I was staying up at night worrying about, you know, I've always been very singularly focused on taking care of the job and doing the job that I have as best I can with the hope and belief that, you know, that, that you know, that level of success or, you know, the work ethic, those things, you know, observed and, and then, you know, opportunities will come down the road to you. Um, so it, it wasn't, you know, each one of the experiences I had have been outstanding because it's just been, you know, good to get to know kids and able to continue to stay involved in the game. But when Rhode Island was one that I that I went after three times, you know, it took me the first two times I didn't get much of a sniff and third time you know things you know things kind of lined up i wasn't any different of a coach just a little bit older but you know well, i was at ucf and we were going to the fiesta bowl so as is the nature of this game and hiring people it would be a good splash hire for uri to get a you know a coordinator from the bcs level that was going to the fiesta bowl and uh you know thor and i hit it off extremely well it came up and interviewed and the rest is history and now, the way it's forming up right now, this is, you know, the my life's work, you know, trying to make sure that we can leave this place, you know, whenever I decide to get on out of here, um, better than when we found it, which I'm certain and very positive that is much better than it was when we came in here in 2004.
0: Right, exactly. And when you come into your first, the first year with uh, URI, um, you know, leading the team to their first winning record in 17 years back in 2018, you know, we talk about success and your first official year with the program just you know talk about your mindset going into it and you know you mentioned it a little bit before but you know what your true goals were coming in as you know second your second year uh, as like a head coach i guess
1: yeah i think that's very valid i mean i i I came in with the intent to flip the thing very quickly um you know 2014 we came in inherited you know a good group of kids and i thought that with those kids we could win win immediately uh, it turned out to take a little bit longer than that. You know, I think that, the the approach was that we used the sacred heart, but I think when you looked at competitively, when I took sacred heart over the pieces were there, they just hadn't been managed, uh, in the right way and they hadn't been coached in the right way and they hadn't been led in the right way. And, and I thought that, you know, because the pieces and the talent was there, we made some significant moves and we able to make, you know, a significant quick turnaround, now, this was a little different. You know, we went in our first year and, and you know, the talent level was, was certainly when we'd walk on the field and play against the other guys in the conference, you know, you could just look on the other end of the field and you say, hey, we're significantly behind here. Uh, and not discrediting the guys were there. The guys we had back in the day, man, were dudes that a lot of those guys would play on this team here right now. But there was a lot of guys that wouldn't be playing on this team that we had to play with. But they, they worked hard. They played hard. And, you know, truth be told, when we walked in the door here in 2014, uh, the kids were not proud to be URI football players. There was a very apathetic, um, you know, involvement by the university. I think there was a little a – little, uh, there was a major echoes of why do we have football here at URI. There was echoes of, you know, should we drop it? Uh, there was no pride and there wasn't a lot of, you know, a lot of discipline. Now that by the end of the season, 2014, we had we, we had competed and we battled and we started off 0 and 11 and won our last game. So there was a, a strain of perseverance and a pride in and able to stay through a tough year and find a way to continue to prepare and win. So I think, you know, no matter what the success was in terms of wins and losses in those first three or four years, there was still a tremendous uh, foundation laid for what we're dealing with now. Now, as we've gone through it, you know, and we've you know gotten you know recruiting to a level where we need, we've been able to attract the right kind of player, right kind of kid that fits you our I. I think we've got a competitive football team that we'll be able to roll out in this conference and be competitive. But I still think we're, we're swinging a short stick at times. We still need a significant amount more of investment in the program. We need more scholarships. We need a lot to be able to make sure that we can give the university what I hope uh, to give them, which is a competitive football program that always, is always in the conversation as you're, you're competing for a championship in the CAA.
0: Yeah, most definitely. We talk about players that, you know, really made an impact over the years since you've been at URI. You know, just talk about some of those guys that you've been able to coach um, for the Rams over the years and that, like, that truly stick with you and that truly represent what roadie football is all about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I probably go through each year and, you know, you throw out names of the guys that gave a great amount of effort and great amount of commitment to the program and didn't get the level of success they had hoped for. You know, Justin Favreau. You know, was a, a fullback tight end guy for our first year. It was You know, love to have a million of him. You know, Andrew Bowles, a very, very talented inside linebacker that was here in 2014. Robbie Jackson, you know, wide receiver. You keep going through the years. Um, you know, the 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 memorable guys that helped put us on the the list were the ones that had the chance to, you know, get to the league and get to the NFL. Um, you know, Aaron Parker, Isaiah Coulter, you know, uh, Murph, um, you know, you remember Amir Dorsey. I mean, those, you know, that 2019 team was a very disappointing season, but at least, you know, that there was a very recognizable level of talent that, that had Im, Im, improved and got everybody a little bit more excited. And then, you know, you look at Joe Kenny's of the world that have been around in, for many, many years, and I'm leaving so many, of them out. these guys all shared the same sacrifice they shared the same commitment and we've had different levels of success but you know hoping to make sure we keep ourselves north of the the 500 mark and and keep winning football teams on the field and if we're able to do that find a way to get two to three more and then we're playoff and and championship worthy football team and that's where we're hoping we can go with a step forward versus elon this weekend
0: yeah definitely we talk about like again, like those players and the success that you've had over your career, you know, just going to yourself as a whole, just elaborate more on your coaching style and what you've been preaching to your players, you know, year in and year out, and especially URI, you know, what's the message you always preach to your teams?
1: Well, I mean, you know, we have three foundation stones for the program and it's accountability, productivity, and persistence. You know, those, those words have been pushed out to our teams, you know, since we got here in 2014. The accountability piece is to be accountable, you know, to not only your actions on the field, but off the field's class, all the rest of it. You know, the the productivity piece is, is relative to all areas of life, you know, producing on the field, producing off the field. And the persistence thing has been critically important for us to, to hold on to. I mean, because to be successful, you must you must persist without exception. And you can go through tough times, but they don't last. You know, the tough people do, and they, they're they able to bring around good results. The way those three foundation stones stone segued into the three more feet component is that, you know, each year, you know, if we stayed accountable, if we stayed, you know, persistent and, and produced along the way that, you know, the measure of success, which is winning in championships and playoffs, you know. Are three feet away, and that's really you know, the three feet, three foot concrete wall that at the other end, if you can break through, is is a vein of gold that uh, will you know achieve all the dreams and goals we've all had for this program. And you know, we're still digging. You know, we got two goals for the program one is to you know win a CAA, CAA championship, and the other is to have a team GPA of 3.0. And we have not achieved either one of those in nine years. So, I mean, but we've made it better, but we're still chasing the goals that we've set out way back in 2014.
0: Yeah, and a little bit along the same lines, you know, kind of fighting through adversity, you know, going back to a season like 2018 um, with the COVID season and stuff like that, how it kind of put a stop towards play practices and stuff like that. And the first time that's ever happened in your coaching career, you know, a worldwide pandemic, you know, just talk about a little bit about that and elaborate on uh, what, you know, precautions you guys took during that time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, twenty nineteen was the disappointing year. I think twenty eighteen was the first winning winning season. Then twenty nineteen, we had high levels of expectations and won two games. You know, we lost four or five games in the last seconds, and it was incredibly heartbreaking. Eventually, that you know that we that it kind of broke us towards the tail end of the year. And we followed that up going into spring with, you know, new focus, new expect, you know, new sights on what we needed to do. And, you know, that's when COVID hit, you know, and so you're losing your spring practice and then you're canceling the season, and then you're, you know, going ahead and you're practicing football in in incredibly imaginative ways, you know, contact groups of ten, you know, counting the number of seconds people are in contact with the other. I mean, we were very reactive to the you know to the entire pandemic response you know and you know in fact we we were producing we were we were you know gaining field and no matter how long it took it was very good to get out there but as soon as we got out into spring practice or fall practice, we were practicing and we had a couple of periods of scrimmage one day had a great time because they're out playing again. I think it really reinforced value of of being able to play as a a privilege but unfortunately we had one positive that practiced that one day and we had to quarantine 85 student athletes within two hours after they finished a very lively practice which was crazy retrospect and very tough on those kids but uh, I think there was value in in the sense that you know we recognized that the game is the game it's a privilege to play and 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 you know any chance you have an opportunity you must maximize that opportunity because you never know if you'll get a chance to play again for crazy reasons whether it be injury or COVID or panic pandemic you know whatever it might be but there was some value there and then obviously since we got back getting a chance to play in the spring um, there was uh, you know we've been on a pretty good run with with the same people doing the same things and you know, got cut short in the spring season, which I thought could have been good for us. But uh, you know, we're still on the hunt for that championship, and you know, it's this Saturday's a big one as we take a step forward.
0: Right, and like you mentioned, you know, bouncing back after that year, successful seven and four overall record. You know, most wins in the program since you know seventeen seasons. And again, this year, you guys are off to a really good start. Um, you know, just kind of as your career, you know. The current season as it is as a whole when you look back at it you know a memorable moment that really sticks out to you that's you know over the 20 plus years 25 plus years you've been coaching something that truly really sticks out to you to this day
1: there are many you know I mean but when you're talking at URI I think walking off the field after securing the first winning season beating New Hampshire was a, a very satisfying uh feeling um you know I think you know you you you've you know, there. I remember the first win. You know, the first win of Towson. We go into our oh and eleven and win the first win. I mean, the last game of the season. I mean, it was a testimony to the, you know, to the persistence that the that the team had at that time. You know, there there's plenty of you know good moments. You know that I you know I've, that I've had in the last nine years. You know, I want to raise the level of expectations to you know you know, seven is a great number, but, you know, I want to see eight. I want to see nine. I want to see 10. I want to see those higher numbers, you know, in terms of the wind column, I think that we're able to produce. And, but then when you're talking about overall career, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's some significant moments. One I think was East Carolina going down to beat the Miami hurricanes. That was a satisfying victory. I was a Brown. I remember opening up Yale and we beat them. I think that's one that I remember, um, you know, so on and so on. I remember going at Akron and beating NC State at their place. You know, you remember the the big upsets. I think, and you remember the championships and the championship games.
0: Right, you know, kind of close everything out. Um, again, with all the experience that you've had over the years, was there ever any interest in you know coaching professionally, or is that offer ever came to the table for you?
1: There was, uh, there was always interest, you know, always interest in in doing that, you know, at times, you know, there would be, you know, decisions to be made, whether, you know, I'm a coordinator, a certain spot, do would you make that move at a certain spot, it was always interesting to me. And I did have a, you know, I've had a couple of chances to talk to some NFL guys trying to catch up with Pete Carroll for a meeting. Uh, when he was down at the Jets. And uh, I ended up, you know, his plane got out and I couldn't get there and it was a missed opportunity. But uh, you know, that's always been something that I thought would have been a, a, a fun level to coach just because of, you know, how straightforward it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably not happening at this stage of my career and I'm satisfied with that. It's been a, a really good ride. And I got plenty more in the tank here and plenty more to, to do and, what I'm really focused on is trying to, you know, achieve the goals we have for this program, and then make sure that whenever I ride off into the sunset at 82 years old, then uh, you know, then this place has got the, uh, places on solid footing. Solid footing is what I'm looking for.
0: Definitely, I appreciate you coming on, and wanted to know what you thought of Cam's Corner and what you want to see next as a featured guest.
1: What what do I want you to put on as a featured guest? Anybody you could think of, and what well, you, your overall thoughts of the show was. Uh i thought it was good man i think you're right on i think that i think that the questions are good i'm probably you know i always get a little bit there they're such broad questions you had a couple of them were stacked up where you know i i i could have rambled on for like 25 minutes i'd sometimes try to 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 gauge the flow of your show you know by you know Chopping it up, so I would say, you know, if you ask them one question, then you know, lead into the follow up because there was a lot that I could have continued to go on, but I try to follow the, the interviewer's lead. I think for you in terms of going forward, I mean, you know, I think these are all good exposures. You're to dig more into football. We got plenty of assistants that you could talk to the coordinators. I can help you get set up with that. You know, I think that you could talk to some of the kids and you know, shoot as much as you want to go with it. I think everybody's happy to to get their, the, the word out and continue to present URI football out to whoever wants to listen and talk about it.
0: Yeah, most definitely coach. I appreciate it again. And good luck this Saturday at Elon and I'll be on the sidelines, showing you guys on, taking some filming and all that.
1: Right on. Well, let me know when you get it done and let me know how to find your, your podcast. I'd love to, to watch it and then be able to support it through social media, whatever you need me to do. I appreciate it. I'll
0: send you all the links, everything I got, and I'll be in touch for sure. Coach. Thank you. All right, pal. I'll talk to you soon.